Hello. And welcome to Two Filthy Nerds. Because we're filthy. And we're nerds. And there's two of us. Unless you count all of Jessica Michelle's personalities. And they're all terrible. They're all really obnoxious. Yes. And just hard to be around. But that's there's those, one now. Those are the milkshakes who uh who bring all the boys to their yard. That's Buddy squeaking his toy. Buddy, come here. Come here. My personalities oh. are the equivalent of Buddy's incessant toy squeak. Squeak uh, sque- you have the personality of a squeaky toy? Yeah. <laughs> just like fun for like two seconds. Until you rip it out and throw it away. Yeah, and it, you choke to death on it. If you're uh, lucky. Yeah. And anyway. then you eat the fabric surrounding the squeaky toy, and then you have an obstructed bowel and die. It does feel like a good metaphor for my body is the fabric surrounding a squeaky toy. Yeah, it's about right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just stuffed with nothing but annoying. All right, you guys, now that we're done shitting on Jessica Michelle. My favorite thing to do. Uh, all right. I mean, it's, either, it's either shitting on her or shitting my pants. I you mean, take your pick. I know. Which one's funnier? You got to pick one. All right, listen. All right. We're getting deep in the book, but first we're going to run our filthy mouths about, I don't know, life? Like, like what? The uncertainty of the times is, is what, uh, today some interest, something interesting happened to me today, and Jessica Michelle and I thought, you know, we should, this is something we should talk about, because I think it's a very real thing that's happening to me and probably happening to a lot of other people. Yeah, whose jobs are currently in flux or up in the air or Gone completely. Yeah. Just, there are some jobs that will never come back from this. Yeah. And I feel like that might be comedy for at least another year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rogan's doing improvs. So the fact that he is headlining clubs where we are just barely getting footing at. I mean, you know, we're not even in the tier of comics that are solid working headlining at clubs regularly comics it's like i'm in at a few clubs headlining uh, and on the weekends off nights at other clubs and i'm doing wraparounds which means i'm featuring at these clubs and then the night before and the night after the featuring shows with the bigger headliner i get to headline off nights exactly same so it's like if someone who is essentially an arena comic, whether he chooses to do arenas or not, Rogan does theaters, but he can do like huge theaters. He could do an arena if he wanted. Is now coming not to smaller theaters, into clubs, which fine, of course. Like he wants to get up, that's the place to get up. I understand it, but it's all going to have a trickle down effect as I believe Roy Wood Jr. spoke about in an article where everyone's going to get pushed out of work for at least a little while until things get back to normal. So in the midst of this, we are like, well, what are we, what are we going to do? What do we do? So Jessica Michelle, when, when this whole thing started, she was smart and was like, you know what? I'm just going to put together a resume. And I did. I used all the skills I've developed through, um, the very, I mean, I've, I have a degree. I had a full-time job previous to starting comedy full-time, but even through the work I've picked up through the small projects I've done with friends, it is funny if you really think about what goes into being uh, an independently touring comedian. Uh, or having produced content, uh, there are so many skill sets that translate into other jobs. So I took the fact that I'm good at writing, that I can do, that I do my own press, that I am good at keeping a a calendar, et cetera, et cetera, and I smushed it all into a resume. 
and, and sent it out. Yeah. And then I got a job and quit the same day because I was like, oh, this is a career change and that is not what she wants, what I wanted. I had a, I mean, Grant, it was probably not a peak moment for me mental health wise when I accepted a job and then quit it. Not even 24 hours later. Yeah. But, but then that ended up turning into, they like my writing so much that they were like, would you be interested in doing a freelance job? So perfect. So perfect. Now I'm building my resume doing ad copy in the event that I need to do more of this. I'm getting more of that hands-on experience um, in a current level, you know, because it's one thing to have the experience, but if it's from, you know, almost 10 years ago yeah. versus now I'm doing it currently, you, you have a more competitive resume should you want to go out and get more jobs like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of a reality that we have to think about. Mm -hmm. And so Nicole, thinking and this is of that something reality, I didn't think about it recently or well in the past. What I've made you think of this? Are you um, just going through something? It was, you know, it was just one of those things where it was like, I, I think I, last week I spoke to Dave Attell and he was like, yeah, comedy is not going to be back to normal for till at least 2021. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck. If that's, you know, that's Dave Attell, one of the greatest standups in the history of I mean, comedy. You want to talk about like a staple club comedian. And by the way, I think it's because he chooses clubs. Oh, he chooses clubs. Yeah. He likes because clubs. He, the club it's, of, yeah, it's his, that's his vibe. Which I admire because I can totally understand why someone would do that. I love clubs. So, and you know, as a, just a, a budding baby at that level, it's cool that he sells out and will just go, no, I want to stay at clubs. Yeah. And he'll sell out. I mean, I just did a run of shows with him. He sold out six shows in San Diego at a club. Like he could, he could do a theater. Yeah. He could be in and out for one night, but yeah. I mean, the cl a club is a certain experience. Yeah. And like, as a comedian, to me, it's the realest experience that comedy is. Like that is, that is the way comedy is meant. Yeah. It's to be consumed at a comedy club, which is built and designed for, for the best comedy experience, comedy delivery, low ceiling. The rooms aren't too wide. They're not too deep. If everybody's it's a good club. packed in like you dark, dark, no fucking windows. Yeah. No windows. But I do love a little bit of house light. I do love a little, little bit of the house light. Really? I don't want it pitch black. I want to be able to see some of the faces, but not super well. Mm. Yeah. I guess I get that. Yeah. I like it a little bit just so I can, I just, I, it's one of those so you can connect things where it's like, I can't figure out what's going on. That's back not, there. I don't think that's even a control thing. I mean, maybe a little, I don't want to say it's not, I don't want to diminish your experience, but so much of what makes stand-up comedy good is that audience connection, comedian connection. Totally. And if that's the reason I think it would be mortifying to do theaters. Cause it's like, if you have a huge oh, theater light no. and you're Who not actually you connecting with, you're like Tim, you're, you're monologuing. Yeah, you're monologuing. You're monologuing to laughter. Which is great. Yeah, but I want to see this. I want to fucking see people. I love it. It makes me so happy. Making people laugh is, it's a fucking drug. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, the, it is, there is nothing, and I mean absolutely, the greatest orgasm I've ever had does not even come close to how great it feels to just fucking murder a room. Oh yeah. There's nothing like it. Nothing. It's, Absolutely nothing. It's a high. And it I is a high it. and it's an indescribable high. It's incredible. And I'm really sad that I'm not going to have that for a really long time. Yeah. And so in the meantime, 
I'm like, okay, you know, inspired by Jessica Michelle, like putting together a resume, finding something. I'm like, well, maybe I can find something, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but I realized I don't have a plan B. So I was randomly speaking with a friend of mine who is the head of career counseling at a university in Nebraska. And she was like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, Oh, I'm just really nervous and uncertain about my future. She's like, do you want to have a call? You know, this is what I do. Do you want me to talk to you about what's going on? And I was like, wow, yeah, actually, sure. Why not? You know? So today I had an hour long conversation with her about, you know, what do my career goals look like if comedy is not an option? Like what, like a solid plan B, a solid plan B, like, just the outline of a plan B and then also a plan C. She's like, you know, she's like have different variations of what a future could look like. So it's like plan A is obviously comedy, comedy entertainment, acting, entertainment, blah, blah, blah. So plan B is like, is plan B more like what are jobs you would will, want to do in the interim of this working versus plan C is what is a different career path? Yes. Is that what yes. that is? So A is this career. C is a different career. B is a fusion of the two. Yeah. B is like, what are jobs you're willing to pick up to supplement? Yeah. Like what, what could you do in the meantime until comedy picks up, things work out. And then C is, comedy's not coming back. What are you going to do? You have to do something. You have to pay bills. Does thinking about this, do you get nihilistic thinking about stuff like this? Because I have a lot of moments where I go, I I just start thinking about the society that we've built and how like everyone has to have a job. And there's, I, I, I get very like, what are we doing as humans? Oh, when I was having this conversation with her, I was like, well, I don't, if I'm not doing comedy, I'll just kill myself. Like, I don't, I don't want to do anything else. Like, I want, I want to be an entertainer. Yeah, like, have we been brainwashed? I mean, we have been brainwashed. Yeah, absolutely. As a society to, to, like, be tricked into thinking we want a career. I mean, there are humanitarian careers that I guess make sense, but it's like, they only make sense because other people are in shitty situations. Yeah. But the, this drive to be... So much of career aspirations feel like they're built on, I didn't mean to take this and go in a really dark, sad place. It's okay, go it into feels a dark, like it's all place. built on greed. Oh, absolutely. So w- one of the things she said is, what is more important to you? Being happy with what you're doing every day or making money? What did you say? I said both. She's like, okay, but which one comes first? And I'm like being happy every day. Yeah, I have realized. I mean, I've always known that I wasn't like a money, money, money person. But especially getting to a point where I have, and previously to like what's going on, had pretty much all my freedom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we travel. It's a lot of work Mm -hmm. to like stay booked. It's exhausting. As an independent artist where you're doing all your fucking work by yourself. But like, yeah, the idea, that's what happened when I started that job. One day I was like, oh, this is like, my days are gone. Gone. And I'm like, there's not, I don't think there's a price tag you could put on anything to make me be. To to be able to have the space. I actually spoke to Tal about this once. We have a friend who's a musician, um, very successful musician. And she was saying how she doesn't like to make plans too far in advance. You know, she kind of likes to make plans the day of because she has no idea when her creativity is going to hit her. 
That's she wants to be able to just, if, you know, she wakes up one morning and she's feeling a creative vibe, she wants to go with that right then and there. Oh my God. That's amazing. Amazing. Because like you, nothing bums me out more because I don't like canceling plans. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I will sometimes. But like when you're in a zone yeah. and then you're like, I have a thing. Fuck, I have a thing. Because yeah. it's so... Be, you cannot just decide to, you can't sit down and go, time to be creative. Yeah, no. You have no idea when it's going to hit you. And that is a rule she has for herself. That is why she does not make plans. and She does not make concrete plans in advance. Yeah. Every time I've hung out with her, it's been at the last minute. She's been like, hey, what are you doing? Let's do something. Yeah. And, well, which is a great place to be. Yeah. In. But it's all, and it's also. It's very much a privilege to be in that Yeah. Space. It's also a privilege to even have the thought of, well, I want to do something. I want to be happy. Cause it's like, yeah, that's all well and good, but like you got bills. Yes. So the reality of it is you have money. Yeah. We all want to be as happy as can be doing what we love. We live in a capitalist prison and I have a, I need to keep a roof over my head. I don't, and maybe this is crazy, but I love shelter. It's a thing. I'm hot for shelter. Uh. So here we are, but it, I, I do not want to completely walk away from comedy. Yeah. But I, I have to have a backup plan that involves more than just sucking dick for money. Um, yeah. Because it's... I'll do it. If I have to as a form of survival. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thousand percent. You'll suck dick for money. For sure. I'll be homeless. Oh no. I'll suck. I love money. sucking dick. I will not just suck a dick for money. Yeah. If no, no. the person whose dick I wanted to suck, also wanted to give me money. Oh, I'm taking your. If it was between spending a night on the street or sucking a rando's dick, I mean, not too rando. Oh, do you think that's how it's going to go down? Do you think it's going to be a I'm familiar be, I'm acquaintance? Be, I'm a beggar and a chooser. Yeah, no, that does. That's not how that works. Listen, no one gets I'm to be picky when they pick sucking cute. dick for shelter. I'm still relatively cute. Mm-hmm. I can get an OnlyFans going. Gonna take a while to build it up, but I know I can get at least one nineteen ninety nine in there. Yeah, baby absolutely, steps. baby steps. Like I have a pussy. Well, I mean, Men for me, say it. I mean, yeah, you can. If you have a pussy, you can always find shelter. Yeah, true, true, true. Like Let's even if it's even if it's under the guise of a one night stand, like yeah. you can have a place to sleep. All right, so, <laughs> but that's not your plan B. That's not my plan B. I mean, that's listen, plan nothing, B. nothing against okay. having sex for money but like oh i was talking about sucking dick literally for shelter i was not even thinking of there being a sex work monetary yeah exchange. i mean i thought you were like i will suck your dick if you let me sleep in this hut if i who lives I, in a hut i would probably be a sex worker if it weren't for the fact that i wanted to be a comedian so badly i mean when i was 15 i wanted to be a porn star and then 17 came reality kicked in i realized i wasn't just gonna sprout big tits yeah and i decided i better turn on the charm yeah because um, i certainly didn't just come out you got personality implants yeah no i mean god can you imagine that's fucking i wish my personality has great tits but unfortunately nobody wants to fuck my brain oh i want to fuck your brain thank you dry hump your brain put a pillow over i would a thousand percent if i had uh, even I don't know if this is offensive to I don't fucking sex workers, strippers. If I had even an ounce of body confidence, if you think that I wouldn't have made money or attempted to make money and possibly failed, at least shaking my ass at a small town strip club, you're out of your fucking mind. It has nothing to do with me being against anything. It's just yeah. like, I 
feel like my talents are better suited you in a different really direction. You really do have a great personality. Like, I think stand-up, in a way, someone's going to slaughter me for this, is like emotional stripping if you're doing it in a very personal way. Yeah, I definitely- I'm exposing my soul. You, are, you a thousand percent do emotional stripping. The way you hump a stool, you fucking hump a stool and you pour your heart, <laughs> soul, and Fuck pussy you. juice into it. Nobody humps a stool the way you do. You know, a lot of comics love a good- Stool humping act. Where's my deaf comedy jam? No one, home. and I mean no one, fucking lays it down. On I stool make the love to the stool. She, first of all, she gets that fucking face like she is possessed. She is not just humping that stool. She is fornicating. Okay, she is. She is connecting. She's making really deep consensual eye contact. Yeah, it's. Probably haunting, to be honest. Honestly, I, I also feel like when you're humping the school, the stool, you're in some way like you're doing Kegels while you're doing it. You're like gripping. I'm that doing chair. Kegels on stage uh, constantly. Uh, Every time no. I yell, I clinch my pussy. You're like, oh, uh, like you're. Just it's like an extra little like power fist. Like take, like I'm just shaking my yeah. third fist at the man. Yeah, but it's my lips that no one can see except for that one time when I made the mistake of wearing shorts on stage. Yeah. Listen, you guys. Wait. So you're. So what are we looking at? What is, I mean, honestly, what is if, your plan C if, if look like? If there is any career I feel like I could walk into that I have experience, because before stand-up, I worked in advertising. I did social media marketing. Yeah. Since being in the world of stand-up, I've they done had a had social lot of- media in the 40s? I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> in 1920, I sent a smoke signal to the Russians. <laughs> Um, I was a spy. I, um, Mom? So I worked Mom. in advertising, and now I've done a lot of commercials. I've worked with an ad agency in San Diego, um, helping create commercials, acting in the commercials, doing some writing for them, yada, da, da, da. So you feel like you have the skill I set. I feel like I have a skill set there, specifically. And do you think that's something that you could be happy in? As long as I'm able to be as creative as possible. Like, I was telling Jessica Michelle earlier, I really enjoy acting in commercials where I get to have liberty to be creative, which is something that has happened to me a lot with this ad agency that I work with in San Diego. So if I have that liberty to do that, if I have the ability to be creative in the way that I want to be creative and express myself and make my own decisions as an actor. Like if someone in an ad agency was to go, I trust your creativity, write whatever commercial. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, and you think you could be completely happy with that? If comedy wasn't an option at all. Yeah. Um, if comedy, is there any world where comedy maybe is still an option, but you decide to go that route? Is that even a thing you think at any point do you go, maybe I'm tired of comedy or maybe I don't miss it that much. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what I would do or will do if comedy is truly not an option and I don't have enough of this like little bit of work to sustain. Yeah. I am not sure. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world where there's something like that where someone just goes, oh, you're so creative and talented, do whatever you want. But this is earth. And unless I'm starting my own company and like, doing aggressive like business development to reach out to companies and being like, let me handle your ad campaigns. I don't see that happening. 
because there's always going to be, I mean, maybe this is like looking at the glass half empty, but I feel like there's always going to be, you know, some, someone standing over your shoulder going, no, you don't want to do that. Or you don't. Yeah. That's what that's, I remember when I worked in advertising, the, the whole, that's a little much. I mean, I was working in advertising, um, when social media, social media was already around, but it was, it was not, it was, King. yeah, it wasn't, it was, people weren't writing I, had for to, social I had media. to explain to people what Twitter was. Oh yeah. Like, where people, everyone else was like, like an old, this was like 2009. And it was like, I would be like, all right, so it's called oh, back, messaging. It was back crazy. when people like, didn't think it was going to be like, yeah, yeah, like this it's is not going to be a thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but I was Fuck like, it. yes, it's a thing. It's great. Blah, blah, Dip blah. Shits. So I had to explain like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram still hadn't come out yet. You know, different things to get people aware of what it is. And it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. And I hated it so much. But I think now that there's all these different platforms that like are around and there's new platforms coming up. And I think because of the proven track record of pre-existing platforms, I think it would be a lot easier to like pitch fun ideas. Like I had these fucking crazy wacky ideas for clients and they were like, wow, that's a little much. And now I see these sorts of ideas all the time. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, that's what I was talking about. Much sounds. Yeah. I remember I came up with this idea to have a photo booth. It was, uh, we were pitching an idea to the, um, the Wynn Hotel in Vegas, and I came up with an idea to have a photo booth that directly generated to social media. So when you signed in on the photo booth, you could then upload it to your social media right away. You'd put in your social media handle, and That's it would send information, and now they have it. What a hellhole. Yeah. You could, have, something you I could have invented of, that. And they were like, people were like, they were like, eh, we don't know about that. And that was the idea that I had. They stole that as soon as you left the company. Probably. Ugh. So, you know, there were other ideas that I had about social media that people were like, ah, that's a lot. Or do you think that'll work? Or what are the conversions? And it's like, sorry, I, I don't know. I, I kept trying to explain the idea of like surface area yeah. to people because I was like, listen, the more chance someone has to interact with your brand somewhere on social media that's just another chance for you to expose your brand to them. Whether there's a direct conversion or not, it's just brand awareness. Yeah, and, and they were like, no, well, it's like, where's the sale? How does the sale happen? And it's like, ugh. And You're now, planning and now, a seed. Yeah, ugh. and now it's like everywhere. Anyway, so I feel like if I were going to do anything, it would be that. Creative in an ad agency. Yeah. Rad. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to kill myself. Okay, cool. All right, well, we'll be right back. All right, and here we go. Book to the time. book. Yes, chapter 16, Professor Trelawney's prediction. Uh, anytime I see her name, I'm like, what is this f- f- loony bat up to? I know. So we left off in the last, our last episode, last chapter. Gryffindor has just beat Slytherin. So Quidditch finals. They won the Quidditch Cup. It is now, speaking of finals, finals time. Uh, and it's, you know, the time of year where Hermione loses her fucking mind. Yeah, I mean... I mean, every student loses their mind, but Hermione. She's got like 700 classes. classes? Yeah. I mean, Ron looks at her timetable and there's like three finals scheduled at the same Same time. time. No, that makes no fucking sense. No sense. I still don't understand. I'm I'm assuming that at some point will be revealed how that's happening. I have no idea. You are such a tricky little bitch. (laughs) Okay. So quick reveal before this uh, was recorded yesterday, two days ago, I saw an article online that had a, potential spoiler in it yes 
and I told Jessica Michelle about it and she goes what no that's not a spoiler and I'll, we'll find out in in two chapters from now we'll find out that the spoiler was true but I kept it she was her. so convincing I well, I'll never get over it like how good of a liar you are I'm not a good liar I'm a good actor and I feel like it's important you're a laughter the difference I feel like a lot of people think because I don't pursue acting that I can't possibly be good at it Oh, I know you're good at it oh. because that sold me. I mean, fucking sold me. I'm looking into your cold, dead eyes. You actually okay. have very life, life, lifeful eyes. Uh, they're probably dying. No, they're quickly. cute. They're really pretty. Have very pretty eyes. Thanks. Look at those fucking teethers too. My teeth are my best feature. My who needs no tits your ankles with teeth like these. Your ankles. Uh, your yeah. ankles really are your tits. Send me two hundred dollars for a picture of my ankles. All, All right, right, you guys. Um, okay, so. Their finals are coming up. Everybody's freaking out. It's also Buckbeak's appeal. Yeah, his appeal is coming up. So as we know, he uh, had his trial. Guilty. But you get an appeal. So, And then Hagrid finds out that not only is there going to be a trial for the appeal, but they're bringing... For the appeal, they're bringing an, the executioner. an executioner. And so Hagrid's like, well, it seems like they've already made up their decision. It's like fucking rigged. It's like our government. Yeah. Like, why so, are we I mean, pretending... Yeah, why are we pretending like there's actually democracy, you know? Uh, so everybody begins finals um, and the day of the appeal is the first day of finals yeah. so the boys have their divination final and then Hermione has one of her other you 8 know, million finals like Arithmancy or whatever the um, fuck she as we know overachiever extraordinaire told, and, well, and flipped out on yeah so she doesn't have a, a yeah I, uh-huh. That was honestly one of the most baller things Hermione's ever done that and slapping Malfoy my god that reminds me of when I walked out of my band class Ooh, it go on, not, you not, fucking nerd. Did you drop your wand? What were you, you were playing? Trumpet, b- saxophone, um, tuba. Close. Baritone horn, which is a lot like a tuba. Um, that uh, they, I had to drag from home to school every the day. The tuba was, or horn was the same size as you are. Yeah, I could fit in the case. And um, at some point in band, I put down my baritone horn, which was a rental from the school. And I was like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And the teacher's like, well, you can't just quit band. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. And then you're I just like, you're like, oh, actually, class. yeah, I can. <laughs> and, then, and I am. <laughs> and then I just would spend the time when everyone else was in band and orchestra in my regular classroom. It was sixth grade. So it was just one class. Uh, but okay. Listen, not as climactic, but it was good. It sounded good. You know. I like the idea of you walking out on a class. I did that. I walked out on a job once and I was like, oh, I fucking quit. And then I had Me to come too. back a year Fast later food. and get it back. Yeah. Oh God. Mine was cells on Melrose. Um, <laughs> oh, the days. Um, okay. So basically the plan is finals and then scramble over to as fast as you can to get to Hagrid. To, get, to be there to support him and, you know, and help as much as you can for the appeal. So the fucking here's the thing divination everyone's going in one-on-one one by it's a, one yeah it's one at a time so you have to go in and read a crystal, a crystal ball, ball. So. which is what they had done in the last one when Hermione had flipped out and now they have to do it again just a second all right there was uh someone coming in so we had to pause for the dogs so all right so the guys have their their divination final because Hermione bailed and they're going in one by one yeah and Harry's last ugh has no idea really what to expect beyond being able to see something in the crystal ball. But uh, Ron on his way out was like, yo, she just asked me to see what I saw in the crystal ball and I just lied and made stuff up. Yeah, because it's like 
Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I, if I'm not seeing something, I would just be like, I'm seeing a stuff. Yeah. I wonder also what's worse is you just not being able to see as far as grades. Are yeah. you just admitting I just don't see anything? Because is that a thing you can control if you just don't have the eye for the future? Yeah. I mean, I don't know why you like, can you be graded fail on it. If you just, or you're like, you're just not a seer. Yeah. But also, if that's not something that's in your wheelhouse, why would they even make you take the class? It's not like you can learn it. Well, like, maybe the it's fact like- that Harry can talk to snakes, it's not like that's something you can learn. You can either talk to snakes or you can't. Well, maybe the thing is, is that this level of the class is so you find out if you can. Yeah, but then it just seems silly to have a class. Like, at that point, it should just be like, all right, well, you're not a seer. This is no longer a class. Yeah, there should be, like, a week trial period where they go, here are the things to tell if someone can see. Yeah. But maybe it's like, you know, maybe it develops slower for some people. I don't know. I mean, anywho. So, Harry goes in. He's making up a story. Making up a story about he sees himself flying away on Buckbeak. saving the day. And, by the way, Trelawney clearly has no faith in the justice system either because she's like... Are you sure you don't see Buckbeak yeah. dying? You don't see him losing his head. There's no executioner. There's not like a bunch of blood. And uh, hmm. he's like, nope. You sure? There's no death? So clearly Trelawney knows he's lying. She doesn't exactly say it. And she's like, well, that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. Is it even like that? Is she seeing the future of Buckbeak and she knows he's lying? Or is she just like, it's the Ministry of Magic. There's not re- the appeals aren't a real thing. Yeah. Maybe like a skeptic. So she's just like, kind of, thank you very much. But then Trelawney goes into this fucking crazy trance. She becomes fucking possessed. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is like, is it possession? Is she actually a medium? Is she channeling See, something? That's what I, that's one thing I had said to you when we were reading it is like, oh my God, does she know what's going on? Like, is she on the, is she a good guy or a bad guy? Like, does she, has she made a pact with Voldemort? Where she's like, you can use my body as a vessel. Yeah, well, because what happens is also she goes to this trance, and this is what she says. And by the way, it's not in her normal voice. It's in like a very harsh voice. She says, the servant will break free and set out to rejoin his master. The Dark Lord will rise again with his servant's aid, greater and more terrible than before. Creepy. But then she kind of like just snaps out of it and doesn't even realize what happened. Yeah, and Harry's like, um, you just said some fucking crazy shit. And she's like, oh, what? So that's a good way. That's a interesting way to think of it is like is she like this permissed vessel yeah is she an accomplice or is it like no she's just channeling what's about to happen yeah and like is that why she's a divination person because like she has this gift but she's trying to teach it and it's a thing that like you either have it or you don't yeah but also maybe it's a thing that you know there's wizards who are more powerful than others so like one wizard doing a spell might work better than another wizard like how neville always fucking sucks yeah So is that the case with divination where there are some wizards who would know that they had just channeled something versus someone who does it and then is like, what happened? I blacked out. I mean, I just want to know. I mean, do I want to know? Like, what what was that like? Was it just like, oh, I blinked and then here we are? I mean, she literally says, I must have dozed off. Oh, and then she's like, you must have dozed off too. I remember saying something like that to Harry. Yeah, because... Fucking, I don't know. Anyways, Trelawney is a real kooky bird. Oh, yeah, because Harry explains what she said, and he's she's like, you must have dozed off, too. Oh, yeah. Like, no, I definitely didn't There's no way. You must have dreamed that. Uh, Which, as someone who blacked out several times in college, I relate to this experience, and now, as I'm saying this, I'm like, did I ever really black out, or was I channeling another spirit? 
you'll have to tell me what a blackout is like one day because it's never happened to me. Um, it's exactly like what happened to Trelawney where people go, it was so crazy when you did this. And you're like, I didn't. What? You literally have no recollection of it whatsoever. And people are like, yeah, no, you didn't. I'm like, no, I, I went to bed. I like, we were drinking and then I, they're like, no, 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 no. You pants the PA. Yeah. I have, I I don't know what the PA is. I have whole nights of people being like, you are crazy. Mm. And I'm like, I thought I figured I like went to bed at 11. They're like, what? No. You pushed a man down the stairs. That never happened. That never. Oh, I but I did throw that. my drink on a guy once just because I thought it was that's funny. That's exactly like pushing a man down the stairs, though. So I literally was like, "Do you want to know something so funny?" And he's uh. like, "What?" And I threw a drink on him. And then what did you do? He got really pissed, and then everyone's like, "You can't do anything. It's her birthday." Yeah, I'm not. It's I'm not. It's not a proud moment. Ah, uh, I can't believe that's what your friends said. Like, Assholes. Uh, I don't even know if the person who said it said that. I think it was just another person at the party was like, like "Leave her alone. Is, it's her birthday. You, she can act like an asshole." Yeah, which like. No, you should have let him hit me. Was this in Tampa? Yeah. Oh, that explains like, it. Um, it's real he, Tampa of you. I mean, it's like another person comes out if I get too drunk, and she's not fun. Yeah. I, when I, I called do, her blackout Betty. Oh, see, I see the drunkest I've ever gotten. I've never blacked out. I just get so weepy. Just so Does it weepy. matter what you drink? Is it different depending on the alcohol? I either get weepy or tired. Yeah. I mean, I think it does depend on the alcohol. Do you do I'm, like you, have you ever done hard liquor or is this yeah. always wine? It's just oh. pretty much anything. I mean, I'm just, it's, it's why yeah. I don't drink. It's just I'm not a animal. good thing. It's not yeah. fun. Yeah. You're an animal. I, but I, that's why I don't drink much now either. Cause yeah. it's, you know, it's, you can laugh it off and be embarrassed, but still laugh it off when you're 20. Yeah. One, if, if I get, and get in trouble. And now that you're 28. Yeah, it's like get your life together. Yeah, you're in your late twenties. Don't you're in be your a late. Slob. You're gonna hit thirty soon. Act, like, you're don't a be a up. fucking loser. He gets a letter saying Hagrid lost his appeal, yeah. and they want to go see him. But first of all, Hagrid tells them not to. Uh, but also, like they'll get in trouble. They're not allowed to leave the castle, and he doesn't have his invisibility cloak yeah. because he left it in the hump of that witch statue last time he snuck back from Hogsmeade. And then Hermione is like, oh well. You can't go get the invisibility cloak, but uh, I can. Yeah. No one's watching, double watching for me. So she's like, what is this Hermione, the little rule follower. Breaking rules. Breaking rules. Being a boss. I really love that moment too. That made that, you know, as much as I, I wane on my feelings for Hermione. She comes through. That was, like that when was it's pretty, important, pretty she comes through. So they go, she goes and gets it. They all get under the invisibility cloak, sneak down to Hagrid's cabin, go inside to console him. And Buckbeak is tied up outside because uh, Hagrid wants his last know, moments to be, you know, have some fresh air. Blah, 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 blah. Hagrid's obviously Hagrid's beside himself. He's a mess. Can't get it together. And Hermione uh, goes to make some tea. Yeah. And then there's a rat in Hagrid's milk bottle. Not just any old rat. It's scabbers. Oh my God. Scabbers. And their heads explode. And my yeah. head exploded too. Um, like also kind of, I mean, terrifying and creepy, but a bit of redemption for Hermione that it's like, see, he's not fucking dead. Yeah. That was, that was a great moment. Yeah. It's like, no, your fucking cat didn't kill, kill scabbers. Scabbers made a mad dash for it. Yeah. For whatever fucking reason. Who so knows? everybody's like, oh my God. By the way, scabbers looks like trash. Yeah. He's scabbers emaciated. Is worse than ever. Looks like a, looks like a model, like model thin. Yeah. Like just gorgeous, great cheekbones on this rat. Anywho, so they notice that the executioner and everybody's coming, coming down. and they're not allowed to be down there. So it's like, uh, it's just a mad dash. Like throw on the cloak, the cloak, get out. the fuck out. So they set off slowly. They've got scabbers. Scabbers is just 
wriggling around in his pocket, trying to get out. They're trying to, you know, get away as fast as they can so they don't hear Buckbeak getting slaughtered. Yeah, because Hagrid is like, absolutely do not watch. I forbid yeah. you to watch. And they're like, all right. They're like, well, we got to get away from it because we can't hear it either. Yeah. Well, and they're also just like, all right, let's just not put ourselves through this. Yeah. And they're, you know, getting away as quickly as they can without making noise. And of course, they hear the thud of Buckbeak <sighs> getting fucking murdered. Buckbeak, like they hear the thud. Obviously, Buckbeak's dead. And that is where we leave off with chapter 15, 16. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fucking crazy. Crazy. Halfway back to the castle. We don't know what's going on. We'll be right back. Okay, chapter, chapter 17, cat, rat, and dog. All right, so everyone just heard Crookshanks. I mean, Crookshanks, Jesus. Well, here we go. Buckbeak. Uh, Buckbeak get executed. They're all horrified. Horrified and shock. And then Scabbers starts swir- squirming in Ron's hand, like desperate to get out. Finally breaks free. And then, of course, we see why. And then I don't know where Crookshanks appears. So obviously, that's what I assume. Is yeah, Scabbers, Scabbers is knew like, what was up, trying to get away. Could sense, sense Scabbers ready to kill. Scabbers chases darts. after him. Yeah, darts after, uh, or Crookshank starts after Scabbers. And, and Scabbers runs back to Ron. And then a gigantic dog comes from out of nowhere, rushes and jumps and knocks Harry over. So this is like the death omen dog we think we've been yeah. seeing. Yeah, knocks to over Harry and grabs grabs Ron, Ron. who now has Scabbers again, and starts dragging them dragging away. Dragging him away toward the Whomping, Whomping Willow. Willow. Um, at some point, like he's apparently dragging Ron into like the roots of this tree somewhere. We, we see Ron's legs snap. Oh, Ron's leg breaks. Oh, I mean a compound fracture. We didn't need that. I mean, she's like in his leg just snapped in half. Oh, it's just, it's too much. Um, this was interesting because we had learned that the Marauders map, that there was a secret tunnel there. So as soon as I heard Whomping Willow, I'm like, like, oh, "Oh, we get to see a secret tunnel. Like this this is. This is where the secret tunnel comes into play. Yeah. So. So I'm excited that I get to see now this secret tunnel. Yeah. That, that Fred and George have never used that we, as far as anyone knows, remains unused because of the Whomping Willow. And of course, Harry and Hermione try to run after him and but they can't because the Whomping Willow whomps them. Ass. Yeah. It's, it's doing the Whomping thing. Yeah. It's doing what it's meant to do. But then Crookshanks slides in between all the Whomping branches and lands like, on one of the knobs of the tree and the Whomping Willow stops. What's up? Oh my God. What if Crookshanks has been Dumbledore? What if Dumbledore has been Crookshanks this whole time? Is this just occurring to you that that's a thing? That's funny. That's such a funny theory, but no. Crookshanks is an animagus too. That's what you think? Yeah. I think Crookshanks is an animagus too. You think Crookshanks is an animagus too, which is interesting because we haven't really gotten to who's an animagus at all yet. Oh, sorry. Uh, but it's fine. It happens in this chapter. It's about to happen. I was, I think Crookshanks is just smart. He sees what's going on. He's been obviously exploring the grounds, but magical cat. I, I also have to take that into consideration. So, it's a magical cat. So they race after Ron. Yeah. They go through they're, the tunnel. they're just like, let's fucking go for it. The tree stops. So they dive down, race down. And they're like, we need to get Ron or else he's going to die. Yeah, and I mean, I can't imagine being in that position where you got to be like, our, I mean, our friend's probably already dead, right? Yeah. Like, he's got to be dead. Yeah, he got pulled off by a fucking rabid dog yeah. that appeared out of fucking nowhere that Harry had seen skulking around, but knew it was friends with Crookshanks because he had seen them together the night, two nights before or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so Crookshanks is obviously has some sort of friendship with this dog because that's what he had seen out the window. Yeah. And now, okay, this is real. So they're chasing down this tunnel, which feels long as fuck, like longer than the one he takes to Hogsmeade. 
And they go up the stairs. They hear voices. They grab their wands, burst into the room. And Ron is lying there with a broken leg. By the way, the room they're in, because they emerge and they're in like a creepy old house. Yeah. And the house is the what? The, the Shrieking Shack. The Shrieking They the shrieking, realize the, they're inside the Shrieking Shack. That's the place where he was going up to Malfoy and like doing the mud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the mud so it's thing. like this okay. abandoned house that no one ever goes into. And now they're inside of it. And then Ron is laying there with his busted ass leg. Crookshanks. The scabbers is nowhere in sight. Yeah. Crookshanks is chilling. And then Ron drops the bomb and he's like, he's the dog. He's an animagus. They're looking for the dog. And then they look, at the other side behind the door. And don't know, don't Waxy face. Fucking hollow. Long ass nappy hair. Honestly, sounds like Tommy from the comedy store. Oh my God. No, way more hair than Tommy. Yeah? I think so. And facial hair, I think. Tommy just, I don't know about waxy. There was something about, Tommy always seemed like he needed a good scrub. Yeah. He's just felt like a, a day too long without shower yeah you guys this is too insider baseball yeah uh we're talking he's the, the former booker at the comedy store it doesn't matter who it actually is his serious black if this like, is serious from black. the posters he's there oh shit we're about to die i think right yep. i mean i mean at this point i'm like good guy bad guy i don't fucking know like i mean he just broke ron's leg and dragged him and yeah. you're still going i don't know i don't know i know i mean i'm like what is his agenda? If he wanted to kill Harry, why did he go? Why didn't he? Why did he go for Ron and not Harry? I don't know. Because maybe he is going to kill all of them and get rid of any and, any other stories and just let people wonder. And what who's the dog? He's an animagus. Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I got ahead of myself. You need to. The dog wasn't there. Scabbers was there. Scabbers was there still in Ron's pocket. Okay. But, got it. Um. He immediately expelliarmus, so Hermione, Harry's wand, fucking go gone. away. And he's he's like, great, glad you're here. And Harry, Harry, Harry realizes it's serious black and st- like flips his shit. And yeah, is like, and he, like, I'm going to fucking murder his, you. Yeah, bare hands, just like, let's fucking go, dude. And, and Hermione's he, like, slow your roll, you're a little man, he's a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, like, you're a 13-year-old boy, and you, you just, like, you don't even have your wand, relax. And, and then, then Ron is like, you're going to have to kill all three of us. If you want to kill Harry, you're going to have to. He, like, he can be, he tries to stand up. He can't. It's noble, but it's like, shut Harry, the fuck up, Ron. I mean, Ron, you got a leg. You got one leg to stand on. And it's it's got a weak constitution. Yeah, as yeah I mean, let's, let's be honest, Ron. You don't got much of a backbone. So uh, Harry jumps, snaps, goes for it. it I mean, it turns he, into he, like. And he fights him. He actually gets to black and starts fucking choking him. Uh, no, I mean, no, no. Black starts choking Harry. Oh, st- oh, starts to choke Harry. Who fights Harry off and starts to choke him. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you got to remember the story more than you got to read the notes. Uh, I have a bad memory. I know. Thank this God. happened yesterday. <sighs> Anywho. Uh, Hermione kicks Black. I mean, it's all in. Ron tries to join in, but he's, you know, just like sort of a body getting in the way. Harry manages to grab their wands, aims them as Black, aims it at Black. So he has this moment of like, I'm going to, like, this is it. By the way, he's gonna kill, he does Harry know enough spells that he can kill someone with a wand? As far as we've learned, as far as I know, I haven't heard them learn any killing spells. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck so are you going to do? Put a laughing spell on him? Yeah. I don't. A charm? You're going to gonna make him giggle? So he's like, it's, you know, wand ahead. Like, it's, you know, in Muggle world, if you if someone pulled a gun on you, but he's frozen. He's like, yeah. 
just I mean but I, I whatever I mean he I feel like Black knows that Harry Harry knows he knows what year Harry is at school he's been in that year too he knows that Harry doesn't know enough to so kill he's him like he's not gonna fucking kill yeah. me and and then and Black's trying to be like no you need to listen to me he's there's to be a like, story there's a story you don't know all of it because Harry's like you killed my father and he's like you don't understand yes I did kind of yeah but there's more to it and, and they that's hear, they hear footsteps so Hermione screams for help and guess who the footsteps are Professor Lupin okay at this point I'm freaking out. Yeah. And then Lupin starts talking, but it's like, feels like he's on serious black side. But before he started talking, by the way, as soon as he walked in, I was like, he's a good guy or a bad guy. Is he there to rescue him? Or did he know that they were there? Is he on serious? I'm like, what's going on? Because we all know they sort of knew each other at school. Yeah. They, I mean, they might, did, did we know that? Yeah, we knew that. Because oh, okay. he asked, he goes, do you know Sirius Black? He's like, oh, yeah, I knew him. Yeah, so it's like, are they in this together? Is he about to save them from Sirius Black? Yeah. But then the way he starts talking feels like he's... On Black side. On Black side. Like, he kind of does this... He does this whole, like, double take. He's like, Sirius, you're... And then... And he, and he's like, wait a second. Unless... And he points at the rat. And he's like, unless he's... And he's having this realization in his head without fully... Saying Communicating what he's doing. He's like, oh, my God wait, this is not what I thought it was. Yeah. And the reason that this rat is who it's a, who I think it is, is because something we don't see. Know. I don't know. It's kind you of, you know, and you're playing it off really well. So and then, then he helps black up and gives him a hug. And at this point, everyone's like, what the so, fuck? And Hermione blows her shit. She's like, and what? starts going off on him. Like, how dare you? I trusted you. I, oh my God, I covered up for you. And then Lupin's like, calm down. But she's like, no, you're a werewolf. Real quick. This was the spoiler that I saw. Yeah. And I was seen in an article. It says something about Lupin being a werewolf. And I told Jessica Michelle and she's like, what? No, that's not a spoiler. That's not a thing. That's not even even what they're talking about. I was like, what? Really? The article must have just been, it must have been a reference to something else. And she believed me. I believed her. And it was really funny watching her read this part and go, werewolf. Lupin's a werewolf. Um, so Hermione had figured it out after Snape had assigned the werewolf essay. It's Hermione. She, of course, she's going to figure it out. So I'm like, what? Snape must know if he specifically was like, we should go to the last chapter in the book about werewolves. Yeah. And it's like, what is his goal to get yeah. to get a student to realize it and then be so scared that it gets him fired it, yeah. to get. I don't understand what his goal was, but. Lupin's trying to calm them down like look it's this isn't what you think it is and all of them at this point are like no fuck you no one says fuck you but but all the kids are like what are you doing here how are you here then yeah well he's also sitting there befriending like acting friendly like the the serious black's not a bad guy and it's like I don't know what you're talking about how did you even find us? How yeah. did you know we were here? And then he's like, I was looking at the Marauders map. Yeah. And then I saw something on the Marauders map that shouldn't be on any map. And he, and he tells them. Oh, he was like, he, he said something like I saw on the map that Ron wasn't alone. Oh yeah. So the dog, when he's like, I saw, I saw on the map, the dog, which is serious, dragging Ron and someone else. He's like, I saw four of you leave. Hagrid's house and then I saw Ron and someone else get dragged into the tree and then I saw all of you come in and then Ron was here with Sirius with someone else and the someone else he points to fucking 
scabbers. And I knew it. I knew the animals were going to be people, and but he, I had no idea it was going to be this person. And they, and he says, that's Peter Pettigrew. Okay. I got to be honest. I kind of remember who Peter Pettigrew is. He's the one who was the Neville like character from the story from of the story. when Sirius Black blew everybody up. His big, like 13 murder. Yeah. Pettigrew's dead. Like they, they were like Pettigrew. All they found of him was a fucking finger. Yeah. Which. Interesting. Um, anyway, so now this chapter ends with this whole realization that, or not even realization, at least the insistence of Lupin that like, that's not a rat. It's Peter Pettigrew. And everyone's kind of like, like why, what what, what the fuck does Peter Pettigrew have to do with any of this? At this point, I am like Peter Pettigrew. And how could their rat, a rat that he's had forever have been Peter Pettigrew the whole whole time. But anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. Chapter 18. Let's get into it because this chapter blew my fucking mind. So the chapter is called Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs, which we know are the names ascribed to the Marauder's Map. Yeah. So at some point I feel like, I feel like I said at some point that these are the guys that, I feel like at some point I knew this. I felt like I knew this or I suspected Mm. this. I don't remember you saying anything about okay. this. Okay. I don't know why. I'm um, having deja vu. Correct us if we're wrong. Find us at 250 yeah. Nerds on um, Instagram or Twitter and be like, no, she said it in this episode or whatever. So Harry and Ron and Hermione at this point are like, you guys are fucking insane. So they're just like, you guys, I don't know what the fuck you're at, but obviously you're in on some sort of fucking stupid story to save your own asses. We don't know what you're talking about with the rat. And Black, pissed, realizing it's Peter Pettigrew, is like, all right, fuck it. I just got to kill fucking Peter Pettigrew once and for all. Lunges for scabbers. And Lupin is like, yo, hold up. We need to explain things to these kids, especially Harry. Yeah. Which I love. Does that make you, is that like a redeeming thing? I think Lupin's a good guy. Interesting. I hope Lupin stays around in, in after this. I hope he's a, a consistent character. Okay. I really, I just love him. Yeah. There's just something really great about him. It's, I, I believe him like it, all throughout this chapter. I believed him. Um, Ron is like, still like you guys are fucking Fuck crazy. You. And Hermione's like, just so just, many questions, so many questions laying into them has to get to the bottom of things because it's Hermione. And it's um, also like, what in the fuck is happening? And Lupin's like, all right, let me just tell you this fucking story. Okay. Yeah. So, so he starts explaining everything. He's like, listen there. Cause Animagis, you had to be registered to be an Animagi. So if you learn how to become an Animagi, it's basically like at that point, you know how to do it. You have to register with the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. And only a few people had been, I think it was like they said like three people had ever been registered to be an Animagi. Really? I thought it was like 13. Oh, I can't remember. Anyways, three or 13. I don't Close remember. Close enough. But anyways. There weren't that many. I, well, and the thing is, is that like apparently this is the honor system. Yeah. They're like. Yeah, crazy. And so if you become an Animagi, you have to go like, I have to let, I have to tell the government now. And, that- and Black is like, Black is like, no, wait, who's, it was a Black or Sirius or Black or Lupin was like, uh, he's not an Animagi. We would have known he was an, I don't fucking know. It's so confusing. I I'm don't even losing. know what you're talking about. I don't know this. It's so much information. Anyways. What are you talking about? I don't know. All right. I'm having a stroke. That was me having a stroke. Jesus Christ. All right. So listen, Lupin was friends with Sirius and James and Peter Pettigrew. We've uh, established that at this point. And the, the story is that they learned he was a werewolf and 
in an effort to want to hang out with him to keep him company, they decided they were going to learn how to morph into animals because werewolves are only dangerous to humans. They only go after humans, apparently. Apparently, werewolves don't rapidly attack other animals, which is... I didn't know that. That's a fun fact. That's an interesting thing to learn. So they decided they'd become animagi but they didn't tell anyone they just practiced really hard so when lupin when lupin was having his werewolf time of the month he would go to the the shack yeah here's the thing is that so we know that there we already knew because of the marauders map that there was this secret entrance underneath the whomping tree turns out they put in the whomping tree the year lupin started because he's a werewolf and he needed to have private werewolf time and nobody go there because he's a danger so they made they built the shrieking shack and they would, when he started, like the, every month when he was going to transform, they would accompany him down there mm-hmm. and just leave him Let in him this just fucking werewolf. shack and werewolf out so it wouldn't be a danger to anyone. So the shrieking was him yeah. changing into And this werewolf. was like, this was something that Lupin was super, super grateful for because he was like such a, like Dumbledore was like cool about it. And like Dumbledore yeah. was like really accepting and like let him in. Yeah, because he got bit at a young age and the thought was like, no one's going to let a werewolf kid go to their school. It's too dangerous. Yeah. So we had to keep it a secret, but he had these close friends. And obviously if you have a friend that just goes month missing monthly and it's not a woman, she's not just running off to fucking happy period time. You're going to get suspicious. They got suspicious. And so they're like, well, we're going to become animals. And, um, Sirius and James became big animals. So they could kind of keep him in check. If he yeah tried to get all James became a uh, stag, a stag. And Sirius is this large black dog that we've been seeing. And then, and then Peter Pettigrew, which I think is, act, I don't know if he chose this or it's a reflection of how they said he was kind of Neville and not great at magic. He became a rat. rat. I feel like it was probably a Neville not great at magic thing. Um, anywho. So they ended up the, the four of them ended up making the Marauders map together. Yeah. Sort of as a way to like be able to see where each other were and like know all these secret passages. And that's why, Oh, we knew that lupin had made it because he's like i know this is the marauders map i made it yeah i mean he he was very aware of what it was yeah but we didn't understand the, the depth of it and what we learn is that uh even if you change into animagi or you transform into werewolf you, you still can still be up. seen on the marauders map also, as who you are not your animagi no animagi. and also yeah with an invisibility cloak doesn't hide you on the marauders map now this was what was really funny to me when hermione hears all of this she like reprimands them for their reckless behavior. Classic Hermione is like, you could have gotten everyone killed. This is so dangerous. Like Hermione, just shut up. Like, could you not think about that for once? Could you not be so like, Oh my God, you were so misbehaved. I mean, but, but yeah, I mean, but Lupin is also like, yeah, no, in retrospect, I've known for years that I was like, that was a dumb idea. I could have injured anyone. I could have. And they were all doing that. They were all doing that without, Dumbledore knowing oh, yeah. like Dumbledore, Dumbledore was like here's this shack you go here you be safe blah 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 Dumbledore did so much to ensure that Lupin could get this yeah. education and then Lupin was keeping this a secret from him so which he felt bad he admits he's like I felt bad about it that we were lying that whole time I felt bad that I've never told Dumbledore yeah so he's been sitting on this fucking secret by the way that he, these his friends all were animagus not o- not only that his friends are all animagus that an escaped criminal that people are looking for can turn into a dog and never told anybody he never told anyone. thought about telling Dumbledore, yeah. but never did. So while Harry's here in danger, he knows his friend can turn into, um, this, this creature. And also he's had the Marauders map for how long has he been sitting there looking for Sirius? I fucking hope so. 
And that's when he saw Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. He never noticed Sirius all over this fucking I'm map. sure he noticed Sirius, but why didn't he say anything for Sirius? Why was it Peter Pettigrew? He was like, oh, wow, Peter Pettigrew is still in the picture. Well, because Peter Pettigrew is allegedly dead. So no one's looking for him. No, no one's, one's looking a, for no a dead ex- guy. Not only not 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 only are they not looking for him. No one's expecting to find him. Now this is this is a part that I was always curious about. Somehow Snape comes up in the picture, and and um, Lupin was like, you know, oh you yeah, because right. like Snape never. There, we could tell that Snape doesn't trust you, and he's yeah. like, yeah, Snape shouldn't trust Snape, us. Snape knew I was a werewolf. First of all, that's you know why he gave me that potion thing. Um, but he hates his guts, and we learned the story about. The trick that was going to be played on Snape. Yeah, that we learned earlier. Why? That James had saved him and then Snape's like, yeah, because he almost got me killed. So apparently uh, they, Snape kind of caught on to them. Mm-hmm. And followed them. And followed them, knowing they were Animagi, not being aware of the werewolf, werewolf at the end of it. Yeah. So they decided they would let him follow them into this tunnel to the Shrieking Shack, where at the end of the fucking Shrieking Shack is a, where well, well, that will murder you yeah we'll so kill he truly human. did save his life yeah but it was like because they led them this prank and then james potter had a moment of clarity and was like no we're gonna get him killed we have to get him out of here and we still don't really well we may never know the logic of was it suddenly a change of heart and realizing how like coming to the realization that this is a bad thing oh my god how could i put this person's life in danger or was it i'm gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> And this is, this, hearing this uh, made me understand why Snape hates Harry so much. Yeah, because I mean. It's not like his dad was like, oh, altruistic, like took a bullet or something for, for Snape. No, he pulled him out of a prank he put him in that could have got him killed. Yeah. And not only that, now he knows about this werewolf and Dumbledore forbade him as a student from telling anyone. So now he knows that. And now this guy who was part of a group who, by the way, Lupin was not aware that, that they were doing this. Lupin was not in on this prank, but Snape isn't going to know that. Snape thinks Lupin's in on it. So now Lupin comes back as a teacher. Of course, Snape's like a dick about yeah. it. Yeah. And Snape's just a fucking dick. Such a fucking dick. And they had heard some weird noise, but like there was no one at the door. It was like the door rumbling or whatever. And then boop a da doo Snape comes in. Snape walks in with Harry's invisibility cloak. And that is where we've left off. It's Holy dr- shit. What the fuck is about to happen? I don't under like who's a good guy. Who's a bad guy. I love it when you do stuff like that. When you're like crazy, what's going to happen? It's just, you're so believable. Like it really seems like you're wondering what's going to happen. Do you have any theories? And you fucking know. I still, I, there's got to be another reveal. Crookshanks needs to be somebody. You think Crookshanks is a person? I think Crookshanks is a person. Interesting. Because um, Crookshanks had this like spidey sense about scabbers from the get. Yeah, but it could also just be cat and mouse. Because scabbers wasn't doing that with any other creatures. Scabbers wasn't Crookshanks? I mean, Crookshanks wasn't harassing any other creatures. And any cat that likes to hunt will hunt all kinds of shit well maybe and also crookshanks was just like disappearing for long periods of time maybe crookshanks was like going out and becoming like dumbledore or the thing is is that doesn't make sense because crookshanks was at that store for so long i also don't think buckbeak's dead 
You don't think Buckbeak's dead? I don't know. I feel like Hagrid pulled a switcheroo or something. Why? I don't know. I'm just, I just really don't want Buckbeak to be dead. But what in God's name makes you think that Buckbeak's not dead? I don't know. Hopeful. Okay. Well? I want to be like, what do you think's going to happen? I just can't believe you think Buckbeak's not dead. That is heartbreaking. Um, I mean, that's the same tone you took on me when I told you uh, about the spoiler that I knew about. So now I don't believe anything you say. All right. That works for me. Fucking bitch. Who do you even think is the bad guy in this situation right now? I think Lupin. I for sure a thousand percent think Lupin's the good guy. You think Lupin's a good guy. And I think Sirius Black is good and bad. I think he was a good guy at one point and then got fucking looped into Voldemort's world. And, and what do you think? What are your take? What's your take on this fucking out? Like alleged Peter Pettigrew shit. Oh, I don't. I the the Peter Pettigrew they thing. They think that this mouse is Peter Pettigrew. I think it it is Peter Pettigrew. I do think it is Peter Pettigrew. You I think this rat is a man who died twelve years ago. Yes, or whatever. Uh, he never died. Something, whatever. Um, I don't know what happened, but something happened. But I did not see that coming at all. I I should have known because like she included his name, and it's not like every single there is not one loose end in any Harry Potter book that we've seen. Yeah, so far. So if I somebody guess. brings up a name, there's a fucking reason. If somebody, she's hyper-focused on Trelawney's class since the beginning of this book, her class is going to play a really big part in the plot. I guess, but they gave the name of the Leaky Cauldron guy, didn't they? That's Tom. They gave the name of the guy that owns the ice cream shop. Who fucking knows? That's true. Who fucking knows? Uh, we will be reading the last episode. The last four chapters. The last four chapters. Last episode. Last in four the- chapters. Um, by the time this is out, probably tonight, but in the event I get a wild hair and put it out early, it's Friday. So Friday, June 19th, 6.30 PM Pacific time. If you would like to join that, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. We're doing that. We got a grandpa's drawing. We do tea time interviews, lots of fun stuff. All Um, right, guys. All right. We look forward to, uh. Hearing, hearing, let us know what you think is going to happen. Yeah. Also, yes, please. If you're reading along for whatever reason, or if you've already read along and there's, I don't know, if you want to ask me questions, like what I think about different things, I'm, I love that. But don't spoil anything. Yeah. Don't spoil anything at all. Please don't. Um, I'm at, I actually, when I started reading that story, truly, as soon as I saw the thing about the werewolf, I was like, (gasps) I can't believe I didn't even notice that, to be honest. Oh, God. I was didn't even so, I was so upset. And I, I felt like this shame. I'm like, I ruined it. And then you <laughs> took all that shame away. Thank you. That's what I do. I lie to take, take other the shame, shame away. away. Take the shame away. It's like fuck the pain away from peaches. Okay, guys. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. We'll see you on the next episode. Toodles.